0: I am glad you're here this morning. I got to tell you, that song, Up From the Grave He Arose, uh, has a whole new meaning for me after last weekend. Uh, So thank you for your prayers, Uh, both myself and our children's pastor. uh, We're out with our second bout with COVID. Uh, I will tell you that the second bout was not nearly as bad as the first, Uh, and so it's good to be back up on my feet and moving again. Thank you so much for your prayers Uh, As we were going through that, my name is Eric, and I'm the lead pastor here at Hillside Assembly. It's great to have you with us this morning. If you're a guest, uh, we'd love for you to stop by our table in the foyer. There's a little round table Uh, if you'd like to be uh, kept up uh, on our email list, hillsideassembly.org. Information about our church, you can check us out on our website, hillsideassembly.org. It's great to have our online audience with us as well today. We're going to have a great worship experience. If you're new to Hillside Assembly, we do things a little bit differently. We break up our worship uh, into a segment up front and then a segment at the end of service giving us a time to reflect. Uh, We also do our giving a little bit differently. Uh, We have a box in our foyer. You can give of your tithes and offerings at the end of service in the box, or you can give online at hillsideassembly.org at any time. We don't have a video for announcements this morning, you're stuck with me, so let's roll into some announcements this morning. Uh, We've got some great things that are coming up in February. Uh, The ladies had to postpone their Bible study this last weekend, but they do plan to meet this Saturday at 9 a.m. in the lounge, that's here at the church at 9 a.m. in our lounge, so ladies, don't miss out on that Bible study. I'm excited about an upcoming weekend here with February 19th and the 20th because the Olsons are going to be with us. John and Amanda Olson, they are lead pastors over in Minnesota. They are good friends of mine, and they'll be here with us the entire weekend, and we've got some great events planned. Starting off on Saturday morning, that would be the 19th, there's a ladies get together at 10 a.m., and Amanda will be the guest speaker for that. Ladies, you don't want to miss that. She does a phenomenal job. And then John and Amanda will be with us for a date night for married and engaged couples. We're calling it our marriage night, and that will be on Saturday evening at 6.30 p.m., so that's still on the 19th. Uh, They'll be speaking that night. Uh, Tickets are $10, but listen, if the ticket is a problem, we want you to have you and your spouse here for the event more than anything. Uh, It's going to be a great night. We're going to have some fun. We're going to laugh. John and Amanda are going to share some things they've learned about their marriage uh, as they've continued on their journey together, and it's just going to be a great, enriching night. So I hope you'll come out for that. You'll make plans. Please see my wife or Hannah at the end of service to get your tickets uh, for that marriage night. And here is the thing we're announcing this morning. Every couple that is there, their name will be put in for a drawing, and we're giving away a free weekend getaway. All right, So that's meals, tickets to some, uh, some events. Uh, what else do we have in that? Bun- There's a, a bunch of stuff in that package, including a free night stay at Country Inn & Suites in one of their jacuzzi suites. So this is a huge gift that we're giving away. But you have to be here that night to have an opportunity to win. So a great opportunity for you and your spouse to come, and you might get a free weekend getaway uh, out of it. So we're looking forward to that. And then, of course, John will close out that weekend preaching here on Sunday uh, at 10 a.m. So we're going to have a great time with them. Are you looking forward to having them here with us? Okay, well, great. I did not do a good job selling that. Let me try that again. Are you excited to have them here with us? Oh, boy, I can tell I'm going to have to work extra hard this morning to get you a on board. Well, it is the first Sunday of the month. Do you know what that means? BGMC, it's missions Sunday. We love missionaries around here. Next month will be March, and it's going to be March missions madness around here. We've got our missions convention. We'll talk more about that in the weeks ahead. But we're going to have an amazing March. But the first Sunday of the month, we want to prioritize missions. Uh, BGMC is our kids' branch of giving. We love to have our kids involved in giving to missions, but we also support a, a multitude of missionaries here locally and abroad. And so, this first Sunday of the month, we like to draw attention to that and say, hey, remember your missions pledges, your faith promises, and let's support our great missionaries around the globe. This morning, we've got a, a video highlighting BGMC missions. And you might wonder, what does, when we give to BGMC, when our kids give to BGMC, what type of ministries does that go towards? Well, there's a great ministry in Montana that we've got a highlight video of this morning. So let's roll that video. I found and A few weeks ago, we were able to do an outreach uh, on four of our reservations. And uh, it was just an amazing time. We saw so many young Uh, kids give their life to Christ. Many of the kids that normally come to Indian Youth Camp uh, had times just being encouraged and strengthened as we were there. Every place we went, the presence of the Lord would just settle. We were able to pray with uh, kids that were just uh, hurting and, and
1: facing some really challenging situations.
0: just send a special thank you out to all of our uh, kids that give to BGMC. Thank you so much. And to uh, children's pastors and and others that support uh, BGMC. Thank you for all of your giving and uh, your partnership with us. What you're doing is making a difference. It's, It's fruitful ministry and we
1: appreciate it. God bless.
0: BGMC buys resources for our missionary partners around the globe. All the equipment that you see in that video purchased by BGMC, including the trailer to set up all those different camps across Montana. Uh, What a great thing BGMC does. And when you give to missions, it's not a waste. It's investing in God's kingdom in some incredible ways. So if you brought your BGMC barrel with you and you're an adult, you can drop that off in our foyer. There's a, a yellow bucket out there. But if you're a kid and you got your BGMC bucket, hold on to it, because in a little while we're going to dismiss you down with Myths Jackie, and she's going to take your BGMC buckets from you. So are you, kids, are you excited about BGMC today? We we just need to start over this morning. Are, who, are, if you're an adult, are you excited about BGMC today? Are you excited about worshiping today? Yeah. Hey, would you stand to your feet as the worship team comes? We're going to pray this morning. Look, I know we have a lot of people that are out and sick. Um, I was talking to somebody earlier this week and, and said, you know, we, we started off January saying, look, the Lord spoke to us and said, this is a season that's going to be Difficult and challenging. The road is going to be broken, but through all this, God is going to put us where we need to be exactly when we need to be there to see people's lives changed and transformed from the gospel. Look, we're a month into the new year and nothing has gone the way that I had planned. But that's not a sign of failure, it's a sign of progression that God is putting us where we need to be. He's been good, He's been faithful. Last week, I'm not able to be here. Last minute, Luke said, Hey, I will preach for you. I'd be happy to preach for you. Luke did a fantastic job. One of our missionary partners to our college right here in town. What a great job Luke did. Adrian, great job with communion last week. God's good, isn't he? He's faithful. We're going to talk a little bit about brokenness today in our message. But I just want to let you know if you're watching from home, you've been going through it, you're sick this morning. You're not alone. God is with you. We're here with you as your church family. If you're here in the sanctuary today and you're just, you've just you been through it, you feel defeated, you feel beat up, you're in the right place today because you're not going to get beat up, but you're going to find grace in the loving hands of Jesus Christ to embrace you. In just a few minutes, Robbie and the team are going to lead us in a new song for his presence and how God's worship is. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here today in this Place. Lord, there's nothing magical about this building, but it's a place where we can gather together. We can lift our voices in praise and worship. The Lord, we can hear a word from you and we can spend time in your presence. God, would you move in this place today? Would you bring hope to the hopeless? Would you bring encouragement and strength? Would you bring courage to us? And, and Lord, I know that you're going to speak to us about confronting things in our life. Lord, would you give us the courage to be able to do that today? But Lord, we invite you. We invite you here because we want to spend time with you. We want you to change and transform us. Lord, be our hope. Be our strength today. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. Hey, let look, I know you're tired, you're wore out, but let's give our all in worship today. Amen. Robbie, would you lead us this morning?
2: We're going to start by singing the song When We All Get to Heaven. It's one of those hand-clapping songs. So if you can clap your hands. <laughs> yep. Enjoy this song because it's one day we're going to go to heaven. So let's sing it together when we all get to heaven.
3: Sing the wondrous love of Jesus. Sing His mercy and.
2: Is just for us to have a, thing. but it's made for another world. Do you believe that? We're not made for this world. God made us for heaven. But until that time, we lift our hands to the heavens and allow God to fill us with a little bit of heaven through the Holy Spirit as we wait expectantly for His return. And we got a job to do in the meantime, and that's to connect to grow and to go. So this song is called Hands to the Heaven.
3: We are your church. We are your sons and daughters. We've gathered here to meet with you. We lift our eyes. We lay our hearts before you, expectant here for you. With our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, O God, when you come support. Life we live for, oh how we long to know you more with our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, oh God, when you come support your spirit and love to be near you, oh God, when you come with our hands. Heavens alive in your presence, oh God, when you come, support your spirit love to be near you, oh God, when you come, come like a rushing wind, come like the fire again, come like a burning flame. Have your way, have your way Come like a rushing wind And come like the fire again And come like a burning flame Have your way, have your way Come like a rushing wind And come like the fire again Come like a burning flame Have your way, have your way Come like a rushing wind Come like a fire again Come like a burning flame Have your way, have your way With our hands to the heavens alive in your presence, O oh God, when you come, support our spirit. We love to be near you, O oh God, when you come. With our hands to the heavens, alive in your presence, O oh God, when you come, support your spirit. We love to. Be...
2: Now just worship spirit in this place.
3: Move your way in our lives, Lord.
2: Come and have your way. Have your way in our lives,
3: Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
2: Sing this bridge with me Come like a rushing wind I Come like
3: a rushing wind and come like the fire again And come like a burning flame. Have your way, have your way and Come like a rushing wind and Come like the fire again Come like a burning flame Have your way Have your way. Have your way, have your way Lord have your way, have your way
0: That bridge is just so powerful, the words Come like a rushing wind, come light the fire again Come like a burning flame Have your way. I don't know about you, but my way never seems to be the right way. But God's way is always the right way. God's ways take us in places that we wouldn't go on our own. But there's no better place to be than in the presence of God, in the presence of Jesus. Today, God wants us to go to the place he's calling us to. There's a place in our heart, there's a place in our mind today where where God wants to come face to face with some things that maybe are, are holding you back, some things maybe you're running away from or running to that aren't the things that he wants in your life. And we have the courage to be able to stand there and be in the presence of God and come face-to-face with the things that need to change in us. Let's find out. Let's find out, church. Let's find out together. Lord, as we transition, Lord, to children's ministry and to the preaching of your word, Lord, would you anoint your servant not with his own words, but with the words of your word, the words of your spirit. Would you help me to communicate the gospel message that you have today for us in the way that it's meant to be communicated. Lord, we thank you this morning, God, to be able to hear your voice. And may it be clear. May it transform us. We give you praise, glory, and honor. And God's people said, Amen. amen. Well, kids, if you're ready, I think our buddy Jeb might have a word for you for just this time. That's right, it's AG Express time. If all of our kiddos wanna get up on their feet, grab your stuff and head down with Miss Jackie. She's right there in the back of the sanctuary. Hey, while our kiddos are doing that, let's give them a cheer. Woo! All right, kiddos, I'll see you downstairs for Rules with Jeff. Well, as our kids head down, we're gonna jump into the word of God today. We're gonna to be back in the book of Mark. We're going through a series called Just Like Jesus. Learning how to do ministry and live life like Jesus taught in the gospel message. And we've been using Mark as our roadmap to go through the gospels, and we're gonna continue with that today. If you're reading your Bible, all right. There is hope if you don't have a Bible spiritual life like Right Now Media and the Purple Book. And if you have questions about either of those two resources and what they are, we'd love to talk to you about that in their foyer. We've got that at our information table. But when we talk about biblical events, we tend to read an encounter from the Bible from beginning to end in a matter of minutes. We read about a biblical character, a conflict, and a resolution. And it seems to all tie it up in a nice, neat bow, a nice, neat box like this Christmas box here. And it's even how we typically run a church worship experience. By the end of the service, everything gets wrapped up, the bows put on it. But there's a disassociation for us and these biblical characters because their biblical journeys as they go through a crisis takes them not just moments but in some cases hours, days, weeks, years, and for some even decades to walk through the thing that God's doing in their life, to deal with a conflict that needs resolution. And what happens in our subconscious minds is we tend to think that our crisis has to be wrapped up and fixed instantaneously. This is what we look for. This is our expectation we go, God, this is what I want. This is my idea of how you're going to work in my life today. You're going to wrap up in a nice, neat bow. But here is some of the reality. While there are times that that does happen, a lot of the times what God gives us looks a lot more like this package. And I'm not saying that God's not good. That's not the, 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 what I'm saying at all. I'm just saying the package of how God moves in our life doesn't necessarily look like the nice, clean, pretty box all the time. I don't know about you, but I get a lot more of these from God than these from God. But I'll tell you, what God does with this is what's important. What God does with the package that we carry around that he gives us is the important thing. It's It's almost like the present, right? Do we really care about the wrapping? We really want to know the present. Let's go back to the kid at heart here. We want what's in the box. We don't want the box. But in our minds, we're so fixated on the outside that it has to look pretty. That It's got to be pretty. Let's face it, if we looked at the Christmas story and we were, we were honest with ourselves... It looks a lot more like the paper sack than the Christmas present. Mary and Joseph, not married, Mary's pregnant. Now, we all know the story, all right? She's pregnant with God's baby. But you know what? Mary's mom probably did not feel very happy about that. Like, you what now? They had to look at all the things that were happening and all all the events and all the people that they had to do life with. And it didn't look like a Christmas package. It looked a lot more like that paper sack. And sometimes we think that it's all got to wrap up in a minute. It's all got to be instantaneous. And sometimes God's miracles, they do happen. The moment of the miracle can be instantaneous. But the journey to get to that miracle isn't always that way. You look at John chapter 4, and you have this this story of this lonely woman at a well. How many years did she feel empty, lost, and isolated before Jesus came and changed her world and her mindset? Jumping from one inappropriate relationship to the next, looking for something that she couldn't fill, but then Jesus came along. It looked a lot more like the paper bag than the Christmas present. In John chapter five, we see a man at the pool of Bethesda. He suffered for thirty-eight years before his healing. In that day, the of any of that, one man walked away with with the Christmas present. The others had to walk away with a brown paper sack. God still loved them. And I want you to know: sometimes we can feel like there's there's somebody else has a miracle, and they see God do something amazing, and you kind of go, "Well, where's my miracle?" but I want to tell you, God doesn't work the same way for everybody. God loves everybody the same, but how he works the miracle in your life can look dramatically different. Sometimes Jesus healed people with just a word. Sometimes he spit in the ground, wiped the mud, put it in somebody's face, and told them to go wash it off. Some people he said, hey, open your ears and hear. Others, he gave them a wet willy and they could hear. God's infinitely creative, and our job is not to figure out how God works and why he works the way he does. My job is to trust God, and you need to trust God and the journey he has for you and the miracle road that he has in your life. Your miracle is not meant to be someone else's, but this morning, I do want to tell you about a miracle that did happen. Is that okay? Before we start talking about the long journey and the long road, let's talk about a miracle that happened for somebody in our church. Christine, would you come and share about what happened with your mom here just a few weeks ago as the church went to prayer for you and your family?
1: Very briefly, I'll try to tell you what happened. My mom and I, we went down to Milwaukee. She was going to have an uninvasive heart valve replacement. They do this a thousand times a year, right? No big deal. She had it done, it looked good, went back to her room, she crashed, she coded. They got her in, they opened her up. She had an aortic dissection. If there's any nurses in here, or doctors in here, that is instant death. Um, It's when the aortic valve, or the aorta ruptures, splits, something. Less than 10% people survive this. And this is when you all started praying. Um, She survived it. They got her back to her room. Um, A couple hours later, she was bleeding in her chest again. They took her back, they opened her up again. She had something they also had to stitch suture up. Went back to her room. And the next, very early next morning, she was bleeding in her chest again. They took her back, they opened her up again. She had three open heart surgeries in less than 15 hours there's absolutely no way she could have survived this without God. No one survives this. And I wanted to thank the church, because if not for you and pastors uh, bugging me all the time and seeing how she was, and (laughs) I'm kidding, of course. She is alive, and she, she coded for 20 minutes. They were able to do CPR, but there was very complete obvious that she was gonna be brain. She didn't know me for three days. She looked right at me, had no idea who I was. She's completely coherent. She knows exactly where she's at, who she is, who am I, how old she is, everything. No, there's no regression, anything. And now she has just been moved as of the day before yesterday to Mercy Hospital here um, for intensive physical therapy. And um, then she'll be able to go home probably within a month. So that's a miracle. There's absolutely we. My sisters and I were at peace. She's dead. That's it. She's gone. Um, But because of God, who obviously isn't finished with her yet, and because and through your prayer and everything, she is alive. So thank you. We really, really, really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Wait, wait, wait! Before you go anywhere, uh, Pam, would you come and join me really quick? We want to pray for your mom. What God started, we want to see completed, and and. It's a tough thing sometimes being a pastor and you know how to pray for things. And I shared that with Christine. I said, look, I don't know how the story ends, but God does. But we pray with faith. And we pray, God, whatever miracle you, Lord, we want to be on board for which if nothing else, you've got one more. Be done. We'll see what happens tomorrow. Maybe she, knows, she recognizes you. And then remember talking to you, she, she knew who I was. Um, and can I share the quick story about churches? Do you know what I'm talking about? So I called Christine on a Saturday, and she was so upset. She had not slept, hardly at all. So upset. She said, all these churches are closed. They're all closed. There was no church services anywhere. And I was like, Christine, it's... And she goes, I didn't want to call you because I knew you'd be preaching. And I'm going what was I supposed to be at today? Because I was like, it's Saturday. And then I realized that she thinks it's Sunday and it's really Saturday. I'm like, Christine, it's, it's Saturday. I think they'll have church services tomorrow. And so we just had this moment to be able to laugh. I I went around the
1: area trying to find a church to go to on Sunday morning, but it was Saturday.
0: And so we had this great moment. And then I talked all her Sunday. I said, hey, did you find a church
1: service? <laughs> so
0: uh, but we want to pray that God would continue to work in great ways through and in your family. Lord, we thank you for your miraculous hand. God, nobody heals like you do. And Lord, I, I don't know why sometimes you work in a certain way and other times you don't, but Lord, you call us to trust you. Lord, we thank you for this miracle that took place. We thank you for this incredible moment, one, not just one miracle, but steps that led from one miracle to another to another. What an incredible testimony. Uh, Lord, you're not done until you say you're done that you, you're the umpire, you have the last call. And Lord, it's not about how we call it, it's about how you call it in our life. And Lord, we pray for amazing miracles to continue in Christine's family and for her mom. And would you bring complete and total healing to her body, to her mind, in Jesus' mighty name. And God's people said,
1: amen. amen. Oh, what I didn't tell you was, my mom will be 79 this year, so... Um,
0: 79 years young. <laughs> So she's still got plenty of mileage left on those tires. God's good, isn't he? And so I do want to tell you, miracles do happen. But you look at some other biblical characters like Esther, Moses, and Joseph, how long they had to wait for their miracle to come about. I mean, how many years was Joseph a slave? How many years was he imprisoned? By decisions and choices that weren't even his. So if you're here this morning, and maybe you feel like Christine got a Christmas present, and you feel like, I'm, I'm walking around with this paper sack. I want you to know God's not done moving in your life. Life is messy. Ministry is messy. And today, we're going to step into a messy situation that doesn't come to a resolution right away. I'm going to leave you on a cliffhanger today. That just means you'll want to come back and find out what happens, I guess. But we're going to step back into the book of Mark. And we're looking here uh, when Jesus was arrested and his disciples scattered, just as Jesus had said they would, two disciples showed up outside the palace, or outside the place of Jesus' trial, and they were Peter and John. And while we don't have a detailed account of John, we do of Peter. So let's read Mark chapter 14, starting in verse 66. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came, when, he saw Peter, when she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You also were with the Nazarene Jesus, she said, but he denied it. I don't know or understand what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around, this fellow is one of them. Again, he denied it. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean." He began to call down curses and swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about. Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. Uh, the word used for uh, translations will, will, so it could be effective, whether it, which means male or crier. So it could be effective, whether it's a bird or whether it's a town crier calling for what hour it is. It really doesn't matter. What matters is the fact that Jesus said this was going to happen and it did. So let's not get distracted by, by those things. The fact is, is before this announcement happened multiple times that Peter would fail and disown Jesus. Peter and John followed this mob and he even went into the courtyard. Peter was cold and sat by the fire, and the two disciples could not witness the actual trial. They would not have been allowed in, but they, they at least wanted to be near enough to hear the outcome of what was happening. And here they were. Here Peter was. Jesus had told Peter that he would deny him three times, but T- Peter never intended to deny Christ. And I don't think we go go about and go, I'm planning to deny Christ today. I don't think we ever do that. But here is someone who was so close to Jesus, and yet we see him fail this way. And I think it should be a warning for us that there's no one here that's above failure. Peter had a pride problem. That's really the, the, the whole gist of this is it comes back to pride. He lacked the humility to see the fact that he could fail. But for Peter to fulfill his calling and be effective in ministry, he would have to confront his pride, and really that is what this passage is about. The title of today's message is Seven Steps to Failure, which probably doesn't fill you with great confidence that we're talking about seven steps to failure, but here is the thing. To get to Peter's denial, it was not just one choice that he made, but a series of choices that led him down a steps to that ultimate denial of Jesus. So let's go through them together fairly quickly this morning, but talk about these steps of failure. The first one is this, the confidence in self. Now listen, you need to have some healthy confidence, but our confidence at our core needs to come from Christ and not from our own giftings, talents, and abilities. We see in Mark chapter 14, verses 27 through 31, where this plays out. Jesus says, you will all fall away. Jesus told him, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. But after I have risen, I love the fact that Jesus doesn't leave them hanging, but he says, look, the outcome's gonna be okay because after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. And here's where the pride begins to come out in Peter. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. Look, Peter had good intentions, but the road to hell is paved with good intention. Intentions aren't the end game. And when pride becomes a problem in our life, it becomes a problem in our spiritual life as well. Perhaps this morning you're too confident And your own physical strength, your own empowerment, your own finances, your own know how. And there has to be a point where you have to say to yourself, I've got to get to a point where Jesus is my stability. Where I can say, God, I don't really know. I think we fool ourselves sometimes. We we and this happens in churches too. Like we know how to do a church service. We know how to lead worship. We know how to teach a Bible study. We know, we know, we know. And the fact is, is that then we don't really rely on God. We miss the opportunities to see God move in a different direction because we're caught up in ourselves because we know. We already know what God wants. We already know how God's gonna work. And we miss the opportunity. I'll be honest with you, this is a struggle because I just came out of a season where I trusted God for everything. When we were going through COVID and, and we got really creative, the fact is, is it drove me to my knees to go, God, I have no idea what to do next or how to do it. I've got to trust you. And as we've transitioned to the next step, I find myself, I don't want to just go back to the same thing, but I, I wrestle internally with like, I, I know how to do a church service. But there's a desire in me to be dependent on Christ. And you're gonna go, how do you do it, Pastor? How do you, I'm not entirely sure. I'll let you know as I figure it out because I'm in the shoes right now figuring it out for myself. Digging into God's word going, how how do I lead effectively and strongly and and not just trust on my own abilities or my own team or what we've done in the past to go, God, I just want to be dependent on you each and every moment. There's a longing inside of me for that. And I hope that you feel that pull as well this morning that God wants that. See, the problem when we rely on ourselves, our own ability and skill set, when we get back to them, we think we already know what God wants to do. Well, that leads to problem two and the second step, which is lack of prayer. Mark 14, 37. Instead of praying with Jesus, Peter was sleeping in the garden. He called him and said, hey, come pray with me. But Peter was tired, he was exhausted, and he fell asleep. He wasn't thinking about uh, how he needed God's help in his life in this moment in time, uh, or or what the Lord wanted to do, or, or the Lord's even warning to him. The Lord warned him. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. That's wise counsel from a God who knows our frame of mind. God knew this was coming he saw what was was going to be facing Peter, and he's like, come pray with me. Come seek the face of God that you might be able to weather the storm ahead. But he lacked the ability to pray, and I think one of the reasons he lacked the ability to pray in this hour where he was tired was with the fact that he had confidence in himself. When you lack prayer, that, that makes the next step even worse, and that's not heeding the Word of God. Mark 14, 47. Peter tried to fight the arresting officers, but Jesus' arrest was something that needed to happen to complete the ministry that he had here on earth. And he had already indicated that to his disciples, that this had to happen, this had to take place. Yet here, Peter is oblivious to the word of God, and he's off on his own course doing his own thing and cuts off one of the high priest's As Christians, when we lack prayer in our life, it's so easy to let the word of God slip through our mind. And look, it's not the fact that Peter did not have, wasn't spending time with the word. He was living with the word. <laughs> it was the word of God when, when, Peter, when God spoke to Peter and said, yeah, come on, walk out on the water. He walked on the water. He was actually walking on the word of God. He knew the word of God. It wasn't that Peter didn't know the word of God. And for some of you here this morning, it's not the quantity of the word in your life that's the problem. It's the application of the word in your life that's the problem. You read it. You'll read through. You'll do devotionals in the morning. You'll, hey, I'm listening to podcasts and everything else, but you, you never take it and go, okay, now what do I do with it? How do I walk on the water that God's calling me to walk on? How do I walk on the Word of God that He's laying down for me daily? How do I put it into practice in my life? We've got to apply the Word of God. But if you're not applying the Word of God, then you take the natural progression into the next step, which is this you start hanging out with the wrong crowd. Mark 14, 54. Peter was standing with the people outside of the house instead of with the God's people in the moment where he's connecting with John. Why isn't he hanging next to John? And it doesn't seem like John gets into trouble here. He isolates himself. So here's what we see in church. When you start to walk down these steps, a couple different things happen. One, you'll get to a point where you're like, well, I won't hang out with the people that I, I, I know I need to hang out with. So you you lack connecting with the people that could make an impact and encourage your life. Or two, you still are coming to church, you're doing all that, but you're hanging out with the people that allow you to be dysfunctional. You're like, oh, I'm friends. I'm friends with Dave. Dave's got the same problem I've got. We've got the same view on this thing. So we'll hang out with each other and we'll complain about it together and we'll never grow. (laughs) I'm sorry to pick on you this morning, Dave but that's what we do. We go, oh, my, my mindset is right, and we think our mindset is holy and righteous, and so we'll hang out with people that have the same mindset instead of allowing some other Christian brothers and sisters that have a different mindset, a different look, a different opinion to maybe challenge us and help us grow closer to Christ because God didn't make the church cookie cutter. We're supposed to look different. We're supposed to think different, and Christ brings us together. I love hearing people with different perspectives than my own. It challenges me. And then it forces me back into the presence of God going, Lord, maybe I need to see this from a different perspective than where I see it from. Lord, how do you see this? It's good to have the right people in our lives. And it's good to have people in our life that challenge the way that we think. That brings us to point five. If we're not hanging out with the people of God, then it's really e- easy for us to go back and fall into old habits. Mark 14, 71. And I know where you're already thinking, a lot of you are thinking ahead, you're jumping ahead in time and you're going, this is when Peter goes out and goes back fishing because fishing can't be from God. And I want to tell you, absolutely no, that's, that's bogus. When Peter went back in, in, in the days ahead, after Jesus had, had been resurrected, And he's at a moment where he's like, I don't even know what to do. He didn't go back to old habits. He went back to what he knew. What he knew was fishing. And what he knew was, is God can get a hold of him on a fishing boat. Because God did it the first time. I can prove, biblically, that this was not a sin for him to do what he was doing. The first clue is the fact that the other disciples went with him, but Let's, let's reason this out. Just because God's people decide that we're going to go do something doesn't mean it's of God, right? How many times has the, church, has the church been corrected by God? How many times have we been corrected by God? So that's not, that's not the main thing here, the main point. The main point that I can prove that this is absolutely what he was doing, going fishing with the disciples wasn't a sin, was that Jesus blessed it. Jesus can't bless sin, but here they are, they're on the boat, and Jesus goes, oh, hey, yeah, cast your nets on the other side, fills it up. He blesses them. He blesses their action. Jesus can't bless sin in our life. And for some here this morning, you've got something confused. You think that God's grace is maybe a sign of his saying, you're okay, and that's not true. It's not his blessing. The blessing of God and the grace of God are different things. And while God gives us tremendous grace, just because God's given you grace in an area of your life that you're sinning, doesn't mean that he's okay with it. And just because you're experiencing grace for the moment, doesn't mean that there won't come a time when that comes and you have consequences for your sinful behavior. We, we, we're grateful for grace. We need grace. Grace is amazing. It's awesome. But grace should get us to a point where we make things right so that we can live in the blessing. I want the nets in my life overflowing with the. See, here, his behavior, that's not the man who he was anymore. That's not who he was, but he was running back to old habits at this point. And that brings us to step six, which is outright denial. Mark 14, 71, Peter denied the Lord outright, saying clearly, I do not know him. Steps one through five were subtle denials of Christ, but step six is a direct denial of who Jesus was and who he was in Peter's life. If we continue down the path of the steps of denial, we will eventually come to a point where we either by our words, our attitudes, our actions, our behaviors, or our lifestyle will directly deny Christ. In a matter of one night, Peter managed to run down the entire flight of stairs to get to this point of failure. I will say this, the guy's dedicated. He ran down the whole flight of stairs to this point. But pastor, you said that there were seven steps of failure, and we've only talked about six. And that's because the seventh is by far the most important. And it's the path back from the cliff. It's the path back from the edge. See, step seven is supposed to be self-examination. The moment of looking in the mirror. Verse 72 of chapter 14 says this, immediately the rooster crowed three times, or sorry, the rooster crowed the second time. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And he broke down and wept. It was not the fact of someone, the town crier or this rooster crowing that brought conviction to Peter. It was the remembrance of Christ's words. It is always the word of God that penetrates the heart of man and brings about true repentance. Peter pondered what Jesus had said, what he himself had done. And then Jesus on his way to the Pilate's Hall turned and looked at Peter. It's found in Luke twenty-two sixty-one. 61. They made eye contact. Peter had just failed, disowned Jesus altogether, and there's eye contact that takes place between Jesus and Peter. I have to believe that this was a look of love, but I'm sure it was one of injured love. And it's in this moment that the heart of Peter broke. He went quickly and wept bitterly, the Bible tells us. Peter broke. He experienced brokenness. And brokenness leads to repentance. This is the difference between Peter and Judas. Judas was sorry, but he was never broken. He never experienced repentance. It's interesting here because Jesus doesn't reinstate Peter for several days. Here's Peter just stuck in this moment of brokenness, of repentance. But what I love is this. Peter never ran away. Where does Peter go from here? He's just failed. Now he's broken. Where do we see Peter next? With the other disciples. He went back to the people of God. He saw his own flaws. He saw the mistakes. But he didn't run and hide. He didn't find a closet at home. He didn't pack his family up and say, we're out of here. We're moving. He didn't switch churches. He said, I'm going back and I'm owning up for what I did. And I don't know what the outcome is. And I don't know where to go next. But I know this. I want to be with the people who know Jesus and know how to walk, not to go hide. I'm about to walk through the consequences. He was at the tomb when Jesus was gone. He was one of the people there. Had he run away, he would have missed it. And yes, in the moment when he's at the tomb and walking through all this, I am sure there is a whole lot of mess going on in his head. He probably doesn't know up from down or what to do or any of that. He's working this out. It's emotional. I don't know. I don't know what to do. That's why he finds he goes back to what he does know. I'm going back out on the boat because the world seems upside down. I don't know what to do. But the incredible courage to go back, to not disengage, but instead engage with the people of God. I want to tell you this morning, Jesus is not intimidated by your failing, church. And every person in here fails. Every person in here fails God. Jesus is not intimidated. Jesus told them that they would scatter, but he also gave them a word of hope. After I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. God has a plan for your redemption when you mess up, when you goof up, when you fall short. Worship team, would you come back? God has a plan. And while Jesus is not intimidated by your failings, he does have an expectation that you will face your failing. And this morning, God is saying, look in the mirror at who you are, and I love you, but you gotta face the things in your life where you fall short, where you can do better, where I'm trying to speak to you and say, we gotta change this. You gotta face those things. You can't run from them, Because when you run, you never grow. Why do churches stop growing? And I'm not talking about numerical numbers. Why do churches stop growing? Because we stop looking in the mirror. And God's calling you this morning to look in the mirror and confront your, your shortcomings. He's not mad or upset or yelling at you. He's saying, look, there is a better way to deal with this. But what most of us do when we fail, we hide it. What most of us do when we fail, we fall into bad habits. We eat more bowls of ice cream than we know what to do with. We fall short and we fail, we hide it. Look, just a few weeks ago, I goofed up and I shared with the church, like with some paperwork that I was doing, and something that I wrote on, the, on our membership application form it was, not, it was not an adequate representation of my heart. And I, 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 man, I got to tell you, it bothered me. (laughs) Here's why it bothered me, and it's silly. I was like, I had this expectation. I want to be a perfect pastor. And guess what? I'm not perfect because I'm human. But I didn't hide it. I brought it out to the light and said, look, I goofed up. And now we're going to make it right. Because that's what Jesus calls us to do. I don't know, and you're like, Pastor, but my failings are so much worse than a piece of paperwork. Yeah, well, I'm not sharing with you all all the other problems that I've got in my closet this morning, but I guarantee you we're in the same boat. We all fail. But grace is here to draw us back to Jesus, to confront our shortcomings this morning. Church, would you stand this morning? I want to pray for you. Everybody here has a different story. For a lot of us, we're like Peter. We just got this brown paper sack. It doesn't look fancy. But in it are the things that God wants to do in our life. And they're so amazing. They're so great. Don't worry about the packaging, church. And Father, this is what... I have right now in my life, Jesus has said, I've called you for such a time as this to carry this struggle, to carry this problem, to carry these issues, to work through these things. I've entrusted you with this. My life is far from perfect. I fail all the time. But God saw enough of me and said, I entrust you with this. I'm so humbled. When I pray for you and think, God entrusted your spiritual growth to me, I'm humbled by that. It scares the snot out of me all the time. I'm humbled by that. Are you humbled by what God has said you're capable of carrying today? Let's pray together. Lord, we are far from perfect. But for some of us, we have walked down steps of failure and we seem to be making one bad decision after another like we see Peter making just one evening. He ran an entire flight of stairs to denying you. For us today that are in this place watching online, maybe we're there. Maybe we've already ran the entire flight of stairs. But this moment is about stair seven. Do we continue down and walk away or do we run back up the stairs and get in the presence of God and surround ourselves with the people of God and get encouraged and don't hide our mistakes but say, hey, I've messed up. I need to be in the presence of God. I need to be around the people of God. I need to be encouraged. We've got a choice to make. Lord, in the next few moments, we're going to engage in worship. I can't speak the exact words that every person needs to hear today, but you can, Holy Spirit. So would you confront us right where we're at, what we need to work on, what we need to change in our life? If you're here this morning, you don't have a relationship with Jesus and you want to start one, I want to pray with you right now for that. Coming to a relationship with Jesus is this, you you understand that you're not perfect, that you're a sinner, there's a separation between you and God, and that you need a Savior, That Savior is Jesus, and we take a step of faith because we proclaim that, Jesus, I do believe you're the Son of God, that you came, that you died, that you rose again. And we ask Jesus to come into our life and change it. Let's pray that prayer together this morning. Lord, I'm a sinner. I'm broken. I'm messed up. I've got all sorts of issues. I need a Savior in my life. Jesus, I believe that you came, that you died, that you rose again. And Lord, now I want to step into the life you have for me. Would you change, transform my life as I, as I submit the steering wheel of my life to you? Lord, would you drive the car of my life? Would you take me on the greatest adventure of my life? And would you do something that I can't even fathom this morning with my life? If you've prayed with me this morning, welcome to the kingdom of God. Welcome to the family of God. And we want to equip you with every tool to start your relationship right. So please come share with us, talk with us. If you're online, leave us a message. I'll be in contact with you. But for the, for, for us now, we need to take a moment and reflect and let God speak to us. I asked Robbie and the worship team to come back and do that song that we started off at the beginning because I, I think it's very appropriate for what we talked about this morning. And Robbie's going to lead us in one more song. I'll come back and close us after that. So we've got two more songs. Two more songs that take a moment and let God speak to your heart before you walk out the door today. Robbie, would you lead us?
3: We are your church.
2: We are your sons and daughters. We've gathered
3: here
2: our hearts to
3: move With our hands to the heavens of light Yeah. a rushing wind, come light the fire again, come like a burning flame, have your way, have your way, come like a rushing wind, come light the fire again, come like a burning flame, Wind. Come like the fire again, come like a burning flame, have your way, have your way, Lord. Come like a rushing wind, come like the fire again, come like a burning flame, have your way. Your way with our hands to the heavens and in your presence, O oh God When you come, support so us your spirit in love. Come like a rushing wind Come like the fire again Come like a burning flame Have your way, have your way Come like a rushing wind
1: Come like the
3: fire again Come like a burning Have your way, have your way. Because of who you are, I give you grace. Because of who you are, I give you who you are, Lord, I worship you because of who. sing Jehovah Jireh again, Jehovah Jireh.
2: just going to play this verse again. And as we do, I just want you to worship the Lord in your own way. Just let him speak to you through the Holy Spirit.
0: Pray over our tithes and offerings. You can give those again in the box in the foyer as you leave, Um, or you can always give online at hillsideassembly.org. I also want to pray for you for your miracle. Whatever is the miracle that you need in your life today, this week, this month, this season, uh, we want to pray with you that God would help you as you walk along until that moment of your miracle comes, uh, that you would continue to be strong in your faith, strong in courage and strength, strong in mind hope uh, because God does have a plan and he's working in your workplace, in your home, in your community Uh, God's not done not by a long shot in your life and also we want to pray for what's going on uh, for the next two weeks Um, I love the Olympics I absolutely love them and I, I know that there's a lot of political drama around this specific Olympic games but the thing I get excited about is not only did they bring athletes from all over the world, but can I tell you that there's Christians from all over the world that are athletes competing in the Olympics, sharing the gospel message by their behavior, by their words, by their deeds, by how they represent themselves. I want to pray for those this morning that find themselves in a very difficult situation, but who want to share the gospel message with those that they're building relationships with in the Olympic Village and out on the courses and the different events that they participate in. I want to be there for those people this morning. So let's pray together for those things. Lord, we thank you for a church service today, to hear your word, to spend time worshiping. We thank you for our worship team teaching us that new song and wow, what a great song that is. Thank you. We thank you for the word. Although it was difficult and challenging, Lord, we see the need in our life to confront our failings, to not hide from them or run, but run to you. And Lord, this morning we pray for miracles that people need in their life. Maybe it's in a relationship. Maybe it's in their workplace, they're looking for answers for what to do, or, or Lord, maybe it's, it's something that's going on that, that no one else knows about. Maybe it's a medical diagnosis, maybe it's suffering that someone is going through right now, a season of suffering. Lord, we pray for strength, encouragement, and Lord, we pray for your will to be done. Do the miracles that, Lord, you need to do, Lord, to help things fall into the place that you want to make happen. Putting your people at the right place at the right time. Our lives are not our own. And Lord, these lives are meant to be encouragements to others, to bring others along the journey. And Lord, we thank you for so many who call you Lord and Savior that are competing at this Winter Olympics, both athletes, coaches, staff, and others. Lord, I believe you put them in such a place for such a time as this. Lord, I believe that today, someone's love and athletes this morning but athletes know all the drama around it but Lord you cut through the drama and you care about each individual life Lord may someone come to Jesus today because someone is willing to share someone is willing to live for Jesus Lord we thank you so much for today and for this body of believers until you bring us together again whether that's Wednesday night at prayer here at the church or next Sunday God, I pray that you would be with us, continue to help us in our relationships, in our life journey. We give you praise, glory, honor, and God's people said, amen, you're dismissed this morning. I think the worship team's gonna play a song as you exit.